Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and uh, me, the DP of some of your favorite porn-based parodies, including Game of Bones and Field of Wet Dreams, Jason Smith. I mean, this is this is leaning off the WAP stuff from last. Oh, well, this yesterday, is leaning off this. Okay, first of all, it's leaning off the fact that I'm wearing a hoodie that has no sleeves on it, and this hat. It really stands for Dumb People it. Town. But I, I just really, feel, I'm feeling like it, with the headphones, like I'm a boom mic, mic operator for some seedy shit right now. That's what I look like right now. Dumb People Town, Stubborn's Audio, check right. it out. That's right. By the way, great, great, great podcast. I mean, who, who's on that again? Who are the, who are the people on oh, that? Oh, that's uh, Randy and Jason Sklar. And oh, the, the Sklar very, Brothers. And the hilarious Dan Van Kirk. Yeah, I, I, the Sklar Brothers, right. Yeah, And, and the Van Kirk guy, yeah. They're yeah. kind of funny. Seriously, Pretty. check out that podcast. They're awesome. <laughs> um, how you doing, Jason? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Dylan lets us know that um, we're actually using microphones yep. today so they can hear us. That's a good thing. Thank you, everybody. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh-huh. Everybody's in on the joke now. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's good. All right. So um, we should just get right into it, right? Because I, I was, um, <laughs> it's funny. I, we're we're going to get into it, but I'm going to lead in with this. My mm-hmm. Uncle Al, uh, he's probably like 90, 92. He's not going anywhere for like 10, 20 years. And he jogs like 10 miles a day. But his favorite movie in the world Bar none is La La Land. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who takes me, you know, took me as a eight year old to Russian cinema at the Museum of Modern Art. Okay. His favorite, right? And, and when he told me I hadn't seen La La Land and I was okay. like, what's wrong with you, Uncle Al? Like, <laughs> how, how is this your favorite movie? Like, he's like, have you seen it? I'm like, I don't have to see it to know that it's complete crap. Right. Well, well, he got in my ear. I put it on. I must have, I might have seen it now six, eight it times. It hits you, right? I mean, it hits you. Like you want, it's a weird thing. Like, you know, you live in LA and you're like, I don't want to. And you're like, nope, this is pretty fucking amazing. Let me tell you something beyond. I mean, it like, gives you deep, deep feels. Oh yeah. 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 That I did not expect at all. So let's cut you, to. It makes you wait, get, get all those little, those little tingles. It pushes the feels out and makes them all, gets you the goose flesh. As some people say, I call them the, or the chicken skin. <laughs> well, I get the chicken skin. And so, <laughs> so wait, so then let's cut to, you know, that show comes out, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. And I'm yeah. like, Nick and Nora's playlist, this playlist. Oh, everybody's singing. Yay. Oh. Right. And I'm like, chalk it up to no. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I do. I don't watch it. I just right. chalk it up to no. I already know what this is. Right. Then I find out that the same person who choreographed La La Land, which I'm now in absolute love and lust with they for years now it turns out is you tell me is the same choreographer yep for right. zoe's so now, and not only is she the choreographer on zoe's she's the executive producer on zoe's no she's a producer and let me tell you something you know how hard it is to be a producer you have to be so good at your job to be a non-writing producer or you have to own the ip yeah I know. those are your two Amazing. choices you're a lead actor you're so freaking good at your job that they are like, okay, we have to give you a producer credit as an extra fee because you deserve the control. Or, you know, you created it. Yep. <laughs> right? So she's a producer on this show, our new and next guest. But I watch it, and I'm going to say I'm gonna say the same thing I say to you that I said to her. I didn't cry. You cried. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me tell you, man, Zoe's is not – got to see this thing. So I think now that I've done yep. that lead-in, yep. without any further ado, shall we bring on our next guest? Jason, what's going on? All right, here we are, producer and choreographer for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore. Yeah. Wow. We got that. That was really nice, Mandy. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh, what a lead-in! First of all, you guys, we need to be best friends. Like, how did I not be? Uh, how did I not know you guys? We need to be best I'm friends. I'm already coming sure. to Vancouver. Done. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Love. Okay, because I can't dance at all. By the way, like when you watch me dance, when later when we're really close, you're just gonna laugh and laugh. <laughs> it's all right. It's like everyone can dance inside. We just gotta find your thing, man. You know. Well, 
Okay, so that's a great statement because I was the first question I was going to ask you, which is something I think about all the time. And, and I love that you're a producer on the show because it gives you a say in who you're casting. You know, can they dance? Can they not dance? Can they move? What do you do when you have actors who are really the best actor for the job, but maybe they, you know, they yeah. Move. Well, okay, this is a really good question because it. it I think that I'm a weirdo in that I really, truly believe <laughs> that everyone can dance. They really can. You know, like, it may not be the thing that everybody perceives as dance, but I find beauty in movement in a lot of different ways. And I think maybe that's why it works for me as always, because, you know, someone that's per maybe perceived as not a dancer, if I can find the way that they move naturally and just build on that, that's it's mm -hmm. key. That's everything. So how do you, how long does it take you to find Zoe, who I have to tell you, I, I can't imagine a more perfect person to oh, I know. Yeah, she was, um, funny enough, I was not brought on when she, uh, we were actually brought in kind of at the same time. So I wasn't um, in the actual process of finding her, but I know mm -hmm. that when she came across whatever desks that comes across, uh, Austin was just floored, you know? And at the minute, same, the minute I met her, I was just like, this woman is a star. Like she's incredible and her range within just her eyes and her face. And I mean, she's an incredible actress. And then she can sing and dance on top of it. And no one knew that. Oh yeah. She's got eyes like a Japanese anime. That's beautiful. Her eyes yeah. are amazing. Everything. Yeah. I can just feel a million emotions in those eyes. And let's talk about him, her, her, you know, romantic slash not romantic, uh, you know, <laughs> thing that's going on. Will they, won't they? Uh, okay. Yeah. So what do you do with him? Is he a dancer? Okay, so Skylar's an interesting yeah. one because he is, uh, he from he comes from a musical theater background, so he's certainly uh, familiar with movement, but he would even say to he's like, ooh, I get some weird Jellicle Ball habits up in there, Mandy, so you need to help me not be Jellicle Ball. So it's like a thing we always laugh about, but he's incredible. And, you know, someone like a Mary Steenburgen, not a dancer at all but an incredible actress who moves from intention and feeling. And I just love that she's an older woman that just is like stunning in the way that she expresses herself. I just think Gorgeous. it's so fun. Well, she is, yeah. she's absolutely a dime on every level, like talent, looks, and she could be seven. She's got, again, I say it a lot, you know, a bunch. She's got that Sophia Loren thing. It's just, yeah. she doesn't age. She just ages like beautifully. And on top of yeah. it, you know, every moment she's nailing. Yes. I don't oh, know, yeah. you know, if you have these issues at home or anyone does, you know, going through, you know, with my parents getting older and all these things with the pills. I mean, this is a real issue. And that's why I go, OK, Peter Gallagher is the biggest nab ever. Like he's one <sighs> of my faves in the world. <laughs> Yes, in the world. And same, like yeah. creating with him every time. I have to be honest, Cliff, like one of my, some of my most favorite times creating, because again, just a G, like he knows what he's doing. He's got so much experience, but also just like grabs on to movement and, and the narrative and the storytelling of all of it. Plus knows his character so well. So anything I come out with him, if I'm like, hey, do you think in this moment we have these like really heady talks about dance and stuff oh, too, which I is really it. fun. Yeah. Well, he is, you know, a man's man in every sense of the word. And, you know, you can yeah. see even he's doing he's acting with his throat when he's not speaking. You can see it. And he's making yep. these movements and gestures like when Zoe says something. Am I crazy or is this happening? No, you are exactly right. And to think that this man spent most of the season barely speaking or doing anything, yes. but was so loud in the way that he was presented himself. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. That was my second tear up of the, uh, you know, when I, 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 it's the pilot. Everyone's seen it. When he starts to sing, I mean, listen, I know from just a producing standpoint, there's no way Peter Gallagher's in this if he's not singing. What pipes this guy has? I know. That's amazing. That's his voice, right? Yes. Oh, 100. It's all their voices. So, like, oh, that's yes. the thing. Oh, every single one question. of them. Yes. Every single one of them. I'm sorry, my ear keeps coming out, but I'm good. Um, <laughs> they all <laughs> just inner dialogue there it is uh, <laughs> they all it's all their own voices and they mm -hmm. all that's also the beauty of this show i think and maybe something we'll probably get to that but something that you connect to that these are real people singing you know and yes he's got peter has pipes but it's also beautiful when it's not exactly perfect and radio like pop star perfect it's got emotion about it you know it's very yes. theatrical well, that's what the dance has, too, you know, and that's what I was saying to Jason about La La Land. You find, and tell me how you do this as a choreographer, you manage to find the emotion within the storytelling, and somehow, I don't understand it, because I don't even really like dance, I have to tell you, and, but, but somehow, when I watch what you do, um, I didn't know it was you, you, 
the the, the, emo, the the motions they're actually signaling what i'm emoting so so how do you approach that oh i love all these things first of all cliff i'll pay you later for saying all that great stuff <laughs> um true. i you don't win emmys you. for no reason by the way <laughs> Mandy, so please Cliff. continue thank you I, you know a lot of it comes with i've worked with great directors and writers i've been very fortunate to do that and people that in this particular case obviously in zoe's and also in la la land it was a story helmed by the writer and director who wanted dance as a vehicle for storytelling. It was not about uh, performative, gratuitous movement. And so half my job in those situations is to pick the brain and understand the emotion. Like, what am I supposed to understand from this moment? And then mm. only create from that. I'm not creating from spectacle first. I'm not creating from sexuality or sensuality first. I'm, cr I'm not creating for a wow moment. I can get the wow moment if it's earned, but I have to create from who these people are and what we're supposed to feel when we watch it. Okay, so let's jump back for a second to La La Land, if you don't mind. Um, how do you start, you know, you get that job. How do you start approaching that with, with Ryan and with Emma and with the director who's just, you know, legend? So, so how do you, how does this first, you know, come about? And then how do you start approaching the, like, you know, sometimes they'll say, well, I have a lighting story for each character. Like the lighting is A, B, and C. So uh, composing has a, has a score for each character. Do you have a dance for right. each character? And how do you start this? Well, first of all, it starts, oh, I love, I'll give you all my nuggets of information. Uh, it always starts with this kind of what I call just like download from the director. You know, I like to have these very long conceptual meetings where in La La Land's instance, Damien and I sat for hours in an office and he would listen to the music and he'd say, you know, even some, I, and I took a million notes. I mean, if you could see my notes, you would think it's a crazy person's notes, you know, you know, he would say first girl gets out here. Yes. You know, right. It's just like, you feel like a beautiful mind, weird stuff. You're just drawing and doodling and yeah. you know, he'll say, Oh, somebody gets out here. Or I think this feels like the family to me. And I think the camera goes like this. And that information is like everything for me. Cause it's a roadmap, right. Of like how I can then go and create. And then right. From that point forward, I go away <laughs> with all that information. I'm like, okay, don't talk to me for a while. And I go into my creative process with my team of putting up physically what I think I heard from those conversations. Where are you doing and, this? Are you doing this on a little dot? Like, do you make a mock set? Do you build us? What, what do you do? Like you got cars well, it's a and a freeway. <laughs> right. So it's a combination of me being at a very small studio. If anybody even saw that, they'd be like, how did you make that dance up in that? So that's, it's a closet basically. That's and we would go out to my car, honestly, my car and my associates cars. And we would practice like, I mean, how do you practice getting out of a car or learning what that's going to look like or feel like until you do it. Right. Or I watch somebody do it. And then I say, okay, what does it look like if you lean on your car and you put your face to the sun? What shape does that create? And how can I then use that as the base for another section? You know, jumping, putting your arms up. How do we want, you know, how do we desire this feeling inside and want the sun on our faces and which is a parallel to reaching for our dreams and the basking in the, our own dreams. You know, all this stuff is shit I think about. <laughs> like it's like you weird know, stuff I that I think too. about to create. But in different so, ways as a creative, you know, I, I think about the same yeah. stuff from a writing perspective. So I'm getting what you're saying across the board. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so how do you build it from you and your associate in your car from a tiny little studio to you guys <laughs> yes. going out to your car to and this, yeah. this counts for la la land and zoe's uh yeah. is you know to hundreds of people you know let's say in these big numbers you know where, how does it how does it what's the what's the gradient what's the escalation i wonder i wonder if it if i could explain it almost like uh maybe a composer would create something where it's like you i create phrases of movement certain instance in this you know i knew the skateboarder i knew his path so then I know where the camera is going to see something. So I create a phrase of movement that I know is going to be seen in the frame. And so we call that skateboard phrase. And then I would layer that with, okay, now we're going to all have to get onto our cars. So we know that skateboard phrase has to lead us into top of cars. And then I just create incremental phrases. It's certainly not like the thing where you just go, turn on the music and let's all dance. You know, I have to incrementally. <laughs> no? And funny enough, the first thing I ever made up for La La Land was this phrase you're looking at right now on the cars. It's the very first thing I ever created for La La Land. Well, and it was one of the last all things of them we on shot. Top of the cars? 
Yeah, we were in a dance studio, but just my associates and I, and we made up these moves and, you know, it was months before and funny enough, it all stayed as was and like, it did not change, which is very strange because everything does, well, you know, in production, it evolves. So, well, let me ask you this now, uh, now that you brought something up, it, it sparked something in my mind, the, what'd you call it? The skateboard yeah, like the skateboard phrase. Mm-hmm. Phrase, right? So let's, for a moment now, I feel like this has maybe be, become your signature because when I l- l- think back to the pilot of Zoe, I think of the uh, scooter phase. And the scooter yes. guy comes in and, and I remember the camera doing that turnaround to the to the front and I was like, oh, that's really cool. And now I just saw it with the skateboard and the bike. I'm like, I see what you're doing. Is this something you came up well, with, huh? Well, actually, funny enough, Austin Winsberg, you know, our creator, yeah. wrote it in the pilot script. He said that somebody comes by on a skateboard and in parentheses, it was like, La La Land, Mandy Moore, eat your heart out. So it was Is that what he wrote? And then he ends up with you. Yes. That's yes. manifestation. And, oh, for sure. And, you know, it's Lionsgate, too, which was very weird. I went in the first meetings for this and the fact that Lionsgate did La La Land and it's Lionsgate that's also doing Zoe. It was very strange. All these kind of like parallels. Yeah. Is it though? I mean, that's really when everything happens, kind of this lightning in a bottle in our business. I don't ever find any of those things strange. It's like you're always meant to be with those people. Right. And that's yeah. do what you're doing. Yeah. Like you so align now, with a certain kind of person yes. or a certain kind of creative. And that's how everybody goes. They're on their little pockets together. Yeah. And then it starts breathing on its own. Mm-hmm. That's the next thing that no one can really explain. But, you know, it's out of your hands at some point. And the creation yeah. just, you know, it's, it's not Frankenstein, but it's, you know, monster, but it's better. Yeah. You know, uh, or, you know, you know what I mean, right? Yes, I'm with you. <laughs> so, okay, good. So now the good news is second season. Now you're already up in Canada and you're prepping? Yes. it's So we we got the green light kind of late, actually, but then it was like all systems go, right? So <laughs> then we, I drove up here about, I'm now here and I sound like a Canadian about, um, <laughs> so crazy. So I drove, drove up here. LA. I know. I drove from LA about five weeks ago, did my 14 day quarantine and we're currently in pre-production. I'm actually in one of the offices right now getting everything going. So how long until you start? Uh, We do September 21st. So we've got about uh, two weeks, two and a half weeks, two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you can imagine the COVID of it all too is like a whole thing. And like, it's a lot. I mean, believe me, my, my brain is exploding right now as I'm talking to you, but yeah, that was my next case. What's they're up? Not, they're not shooting Batman up there, too, because you got to watch out for that James Patterson. He's going all over the place. <laughs> you tell him to stay the fuck away know. from Zoe and all their friends. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Stress ball change. It was like, oh, well, Batman's sick. Damn, what is happening? How are we going to do this? Well, how are you doing it, if you don't mind me asking? Like, what are, what, you know, know what, what's going on? Well, there's an incredible amount of testing and protocol, obviously, with the, you know, there's different zones. I'm sure you've probably heard about this, but, you know, the dance team and the and the, the cast and everybody is in zone A. So we're tested every other day. Uh, massive protocols with masks. I mean, you can't see it, but I'm in a room that has plexiglass all around the the desk so that there's kind of plexi like everywhere, which is weird. You kind of feel like you're in this bubble the whole time. But um yeah, we've, we've got people that are going to be on set, making sure everyone abides by the protocols, certain areas you can't go, certain areas you can. And then the rest of it is like finding, I think, the system of how it works for your show, you know, and how you make things safe for everyone, but also creative and available. Like you have to make people available for things, too. So. Well, yeah, that's the thing. And, and especially with what you're doing with dance, it's not just acting yeah. up close. I mean, you guys are in each other's space day and night. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. And it's like, like I mean, group. it's exactly like we're tested every other day. And, you know, anytime we're in dance rehearsal, we have our masks on the mask only ever come off for the actors in front of camera. Those are the only people that ever take their masks off. And, you know, I had shot a bunch of commercials, funny enough, like deep in the mm-hmm. pandemic and was kind of a, got to be a part of a lot of these protocols. And I have to say it, it helped me feel safe. Like I knew that I'd never got sick. So I felt good that this does work. If you do it correctly, it will work and it will keep everyone safe. Okay. So let me ask you this as we go into the second season, and I think it's going to be an extension of another question. So I asked you if you have a, a, a dance uh, story for, you know, or a dance move assigned to each character. And then I'll ask a two part on this. That's the first one. The second one is um, how many number do you have a set number per episode? You know, how many dance numbers? 
So I'll do the second one first, then I'll go back to the first. Uh, uh, it's usually between four and six. Obviously, mm-hmm. the finale had, I think, eight or nine. So that was a little crazy. But it's usually between four or six per episode. And as far as finding, like, a move or something per person, it's like I piggybacking on what I said earlier. Part of my job is to physicalize this character. And, and I, so part of... I know how somebody moves. Like if we work together, Cliff, I would mm-hmm. know after our first rehearsal or so how you move naturally. And then I'd be informed by what your character was. And that would inform how you would move. So I'm not going to give you Zoe moves. I'm not going to give you Maggie moves. I'm going to give you Cliff moves. And those moves are all born out of a, a, like an exchange between you and I human wise, but then also an exchange between us character wise. So I know what your character needs and what, how it's, how that person is going to move. Are they a serious character? Are they a little bit more free flow in? Are they a little bit more of someone who's like holds it all inside and is rigid? You know, that kind of informs how I would create or what kind of movement you might do. And you're having these conversations with the actors, huh? Heck yeah, it's the best. It's so heady. Like, I love the stuff that's heady, right? Like, where you're not just doing dumb dance. Like, my dream in life is to have people like you say to me, I don't even like dance, and I like watching this. Because I'm like, dance doesn't have to be dumb. It can be cool and emotional and, like, all these things, right? Yes. Well, vetted into, uh, not vetted, uh, stuck and and embedded into the story is where it really sings or dances for me. And I didn't know it. Yeah, well, they talk a lot about, like, great musicals. I'm sure you probably have heard this, but it's like... When you can't say it, you might need to sing it. And when you can't sing it, you have to dance, you know? So I really try to think about how how I earn the dance. And if I'm not earning the dance, then it can't really be in this moment. You know, you could just say it. Why don't you just say it? Well, these are very smart ideas. You have a, who mentored you? Did you have one? <laughs> no. You know who mentored me was my mom and dad, who were very, very into theater. And so I grew up in theater. Um, and... I'm just like a dork. Like I like to read things and I really love the old like MGM era. So I read a lot about those creators and, and how they use camera and how they use dance to tell stories. Um, yeah, I'm just a nerd of dance. So I read a lot about things. <laughs> now, do you ever think about like what they did with Gene Kelly and singing in the rain and, you know, being on the ceiling and, and whatnot? Do you ever think about like, how do you push the envelope? Cause you're doing it every time I'm watching your stuff, you'll turn flash mobs into intimate things and you, you know, it, it, but, but what's, you know, do you, are you constantly thinking about like what's Gene Kelly dancing on the ceiling? Or never? For sure. No, for sure. I mean, always like the one part of my brain is you want to do something that is, holy shit, I can't believe they did that. Like, I love the challenge of that. But Mm -hmm. then within that, the parameter of, you know, specifically Zoe's is that these are real world situations that she is perceiving. So unless it's a crazy fantasy or something's messed up, we're never going to be on the ceiling. But how can I make it feel like we're on the ceiling or that she's experiencing what she might you know, take from somebody dancing on a, on a ceiling. Can I do that without dancing on a ceiling? Like, I really like seeing if I could do that, you know? Well, I think, well, you do do it. Excuse me. I don't do do, but you do comma do do. do it. (laughs) Yes. That being, I know I'm a, I'm a child. That being said though, you know, I, I was, I was, (laughs) you come across something incredibly interesting because the the biggest thing for me is the ins and outs of the dance or the song. Uh, Yes. The ins and outs. So those are the first thing, because to me, it's very, you have to figure you took a superhero approach. She's a, you know, a regular person affected by this outside event, natural disaster meets electronic radiation. And now she has a new power. Her new power is she can read people's minds and see what they're really upset about. Now, the biggest thing to me is how you in and out of that, because I'm like, okay, if she's hallucinating, you know, and no one else sees it, then they have to be just in the. So is that the first thing you're thinking of? Okay. Good question. Okay. Thank you. So first of all, we, um, we call these performances zoality, which is kind of an interesting thing. So I'm going to talk about going in and out of zoality. So funny enough, a lot of the time we'll create what she's seeing and that will inform how we want to get into it and out of it. Cause obviously it's a very odd situation in, in our production too, that it's like, where does the director's job, writer's job end, the end, and then mine kind of feeds into going and then mine goes back out. Because obviously I am an expert in dance and movements and camera and storytelling. 
but I'm not the director, right? So I am the person who is alongside this director. So we have to really think about how those worlds mesh in and out. And honestly, we create the number first and then we let it, we figure out how we're gonna get into it. And Jane Levy is, what? we've already talked about it. Like she's just incredible the way she gets in and out of those. It's everything. She makes it feel like well, first of all, in the beginning, when she doesn't know what's happening, she makes it feel like she's a crazy person. And yes. then when she starts to realize, okay, there's something to this, she makes it feel like, okay, I'm learning how to deal with this without other people knowing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and I also think, like, she does, I mean, we did something like 60 numbers or 70 numbers last season, which is nuts. And every time that girl, like, she just... I, getting in and out of those moments and how we also played with how involved she got to, through the season. I'm sure you noticed that too, that in the beginning, oh, yeah. she's got this like, what? And then she gets really like, huh? and then she starts <laughs> going like, for sure. And she gets in there, you know, and yeah, that was really charge. fun too. Yes. And like, how can she within these situations, does she want to manipulate it? Does she want to be like, oh, stop singing? Does she want to say, oh, I like this song. I'm going to dance with you. You know, how many different ways can we get her involved? So I'm looking forward to that also in season two of like figuring out how I can get her involved a bit more. Another 60 or 70 numbers. Is that what we're looking at? Oh, my gosh. You guys, we're going to talk in like three months and my hair is just going to be straight up like this. I'm just like, everyone's going to be like, I think Mandy's not okay anymore. <laughs> okay, so yeah, at least 60 or 70 numbers is what we're looking at this season, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, would, I would normally ask you what's next, but I don't know that you're going to be able to breathe after that. And like, you're going to just rest for three months? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I feel like once we wrap, I'll, yeah, for sure. I'm just going to be like face down. <laughs> Maybe I'll get like a cabana in Cabo and just face down for like three months if we can get there. You know, we'll see where it goes. <laughs> By the way, that sounds really nice. So when is the do we know when the premiere is? of? Uh, mm, I should know that. Do we know it? Yeah. No, we do. Uh, not. <laughs> Listen, my producer tells me all the time I'm not supposed to ask these questions unless we know there's an answer. But I ask as a fan. I can't, yeah. you know, stop asking because I'm like, when is it coming on? When do I mark that I have something new to watch? Well, it's got to be definitely after the se or after holidays, yeah. right? So I think because yeah. we don't even start shooting till the, the September 21st. So I think our turnaround will be like end of January. Mm, I okay, think so. so uh, beginning of 21. Uh, Great. So New Year. Yeah. New smiles. Um, but yeah. now when you're on this hectic schedule, are you able to bounce back and forth and do, you know, set up a movie and do that next and go, you know, go back to TV or it's like, this is all encompassing. No. Well, I think without COVID that maybe could have been possible, but you know, cause last season I was actually finishing up. So you think you can dance and doing this right at the beginning. So I was flying back and forth, but no way, not going to happen. I got to be up here fully in season two. Right. right. You can't do anything but this. Jace, I know. Did you have something you wanted to ask Mandy? I know he's saying this to me before the show. What was I so saying? we'll see if he comes. Oh, there he is. Hey. He never did. No, I was just looking to check. It is 2021. It won't be out before 2021 anywhere. Just so you guys know. Okay. So I have to wait till then. Yes. Yes, you do. Okay. Yes, you All do. right. Well, I, I got to say, Mandy, I, I can't thank you enough for being here. And I can't really express how much your expression helps me get through my days. And that's the thing we love here at Stuck at Home. So please thank just you. keep doing what you're doing. And thank yeah, you. give, Jason, give me more choreography that I can embarrass my daughter by pretending to emulate in the front room. That's yes. all I need is more things that I could pretend to do in the front room. And so my wife, my daughter just goes, Jesus, you're an idiot. <laughs> that's what you do. That's, that's when right. you. Do, that's what you do when you got a cool dad. I do that's the what same I got thing. My dad's moves. cool. See, see, she knows. Mandy Moore knows. Oh. Mandy Moore knows. Thank you so much Thank for being so much here, for Mandy. Being here. Seriously, we really appreciate it. Love <sighs> you. And happy Labor Day weekend to you. Oh, you Thank you. One. You guys have an amazing show. Like I'm big fans, and also we just need to be best friends. So at Hell some yeah. point, we Any, all got to hang out. Anytime you want to come back, we're we're here and we're ready. Anytime. I'd love to talk. Seriously. To you. And just have Love it. it. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Bye. Oh, Thank you, bye, Mandy. Guys. Thank you. Congratulations Jessica. on everything. Emmy she's, Award winning. Mandy awesome. Moore, choreographer. Uh, this is, Her energy, you can see why she's such a great choreographer. Right. I was getting ready to like get up and like, what's <laughs> up? Where are we going? I can dance. I mean, I can well, no, well, that's Well, that's the thing about good people, like, right? Like, she makes you feel like you could dance. Like, she makes you yeah. feel like if you were to get in there and be like, oh, I could do this. Like, everybody had me convinced. Yeah. I forgot <laughs> the, I suck. I almost thought I could too. And I was just listening. <laughs> But that's what it is. Her energy is infectious. It's awesome. She's awesome. See, but you can see how it, it could permeate through an entire cast, and they're all like, okay, great. We, because if you don't pull off the dance in something like this, man, the show's going to suck. Oh, yeah. Well, right? you know, 
They, you know, and they do a lot more dancing than, um, and because there's another show, right? Uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend had a lot of dancing, or it had a, like one to two things per episode. But mm-hmm. it was a little bit more restricted. Like it, it was like one dance number of stuff. There's lots going on in the show. There's a lot more work going on in this show than there, there was in the, in crazy ex-girlfriend. And I thought crazy ex-girlfriend also did a really great job of mixing the kind of humorous song. This is harder because it is a lot more of the dance and the, and the singing that has to do the heavy lifting, not the joke, you know? Well, from an emotional aspect and a writing aspect, what is the, you know, an interesting difference is that my, I like my crazy ex, you know, I, I, I yeah. did. I thought it was good, uh, but it was limited. And I'll say why it, because everything that she was hearing was from her head. Right. Whereas what the writer did and the creator did with Zoe, that's very smart, is everything she's hearing is everyone else's playlist. Yep. So yep. it's infinite, literally. Yep. And it one, it, it's what makes it really nice too. And it, but it, but at the same time, and you also have just a lot more going on. She's she's creating numbers that are insane in comparison. I mean, just insane. <laughs> can you imagine, like, especially if you're us, like, or me, trying to learn a dance? No, and like, us, us. Every 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 episode, and you're like, I can't. I, I no, it wouldn't get like, cast. They'd be like, everybody, I'm not Jason, cast. Jason, you got left shoulder. Everybody take five. Left, yeah, come on. We need Jason, to talk not to, you. Jason, not you. Come on. Come here. We need to talk. So. What do we say about the shoulder, Jason? <laughs> it moves like this. <laughs> not like this. Yeah. Like this. Yeah, that, your head can't move. You can't, your shoulder and your head aren't connected. You don't, you're not falling over. You're not falling over. It's not, it's not you don't lead with your shoulder. Yeah, listen, <laughs> and even when I'm doing it now, it looks awkward. That being said, that's the one thing about Zoe's. There's not a moment it doesn't look awkward. On top of it, let me say this. I know I probably shouldn't say this, but you know I grew up. Very Jewish, and yep. every Jew that I grew up with in the world, mm-hmm. male or female, now in love with Jane Levy. <laughs> mm, right. By the way, you know, they, they're moving from uh, uh, Rachel, uh, what's her name, uh, uh, from Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yep. They went from Emmanuel Shariki to Rachel Brosnahan to now Jane Levy. <laughs> yep. She was <laughs> so, great. And did you ever watch um, Suburg- Suburgatory? Yeah. Wait. Oh, is that with Jeremy Sisto? Yeah. Yeah, it was a great show. Oh, yeah, I love that show. Jeremy's great. Yeah, Jeremy was in it. um, And also, uh, what's his name? Um, Mr. Nobody from, I'm going to get in trouble for this again, but Alan uh, Tiddick. Scott hates when we do this. Yeah, Alan Tiddick from, uh, that's also in Doom Patrol, plays Mr. Nobody and does all the voices in his I love him. Firefly. He's also in that that show. That was a great show. Like a great, like, send up. What? Was she Jane was the daughter. daughter? Yeah, she was Jeremy oh Sisto's daughter. Yeah. God, she's so good. Yeah, I and did it had, not uh, even realize that was yeah, her. and Carly, uh, Carly Shalkin from uh, yeah, I was just trying to say her last name. <laughs> Chalkin from uh, Mr. Robot was in that show. It's a great show. Only lasted listen, a couple I, seasons, but it was really yeah, good. Yeah, I was upset about that. I really thought, listen, I mean, Jeremy's doing, he's on that FBI show, the Dick yeah, Wolf thing. I. So, you he's know. Doing I. Yeah, no, Jeremy always does I, by the way. Since I've known him about 25 years, that guy just works. You know, there's certain people that are just a level of talent where they're always yeah. going to be used. For some reason, we watched that movie Suicide Kings way too many times back when we were kids. Uh, that With him Chris and Chris Walken. Walken. Yeah. Uh-huh. You see, they, they kidnapped the mob guy. Yeah, but again, you always see the gravitas and the the, the real depth in, in Jeremy's performances. Yeah. That being said, wow, Jane Levy is talented. Yeah, she's very good. She's really, really good. She's got a, she's got a, she's going to, that kid's got a future in this business. <laughs> Wish I could act surprised, but again, you know, you, you don't have people like Mandy Moore gravitating to projects, you know, that aren't of a certain ilk or no. level. I mean, okay. What? So, well, that, what? that, oh, nothing, nothing. Uh, so I'm going to, um. Admit something that my uh, my wife uh, was gonna was gonna spill the beans on today. Okay. Uh, what? Um, uh, I I haven't been feeling good. My, I kind of hurt my back moving some stuff, and uh, I feel okay. I, I'm doing okay. I'm chilling, but uh, I'm uh, I'm 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 doing this okay. episode in my meundies. Like I'm a, I'm I'm Donald ducking it just a little bit today, and I, I just wanted to let you know that uh, it that's that's what's going on today. You're doing your episodes in your MeUndies? In Just meundies. your MeUndies. Because I'm I mean, wearing... Well, in a shirt, obviously. I'm wearing a shirt, and it's not like it's a bib. Like, there's, no, there's, there's still real sleeves. But yeah, from, you know, you go down below there, all MeUndies down there, man. All MeUndies, and I have my MeUndies sweatpants on. I'm like double MeUndied. Okay. First... First... <laughs> you're double MeUndied? Is that yeah, what you're Yeah, so I have saying? my MeUndies on, and over those, I have my MeUndies sweats. Like my pajama pants, so I'm double oh, so you're not, Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I oh, yeah. So no, I'm not I, just uh, wearing your meundies. Oh, oh, I, no, oh, I'm wearing all meundies below the belt, right? Like I'm wearing double meundies. Under so you have double. Wait, wait. You have double micromodal. 
Yeah, double micro going on right now. Do you I feel got, the double comfort? I well, I it is soft. I will tell you that. What do I love soft. about me on these? They take these sustainable beechwood trees. I, I keep me? saying that's, it because I'm obsessed with this. Do you see why? Do you see me wiggling a little bit? That's because of my. You're wiggling from the comfort, the extra, the, the double yeah, I mean, well, micromodal. You know, you it's like when you get double modal and it's just like, like double, double soft. Modal. Yeah, double modal. Soft double modal. Soft. Yeah, By the way, I like that double modal. On top of it, right, I'm obsessed. The Beechwood Sustainable Trees, and it, it's pulp. What is it? Pulp to yarn. Pulp to yarn. <laughs> yeah, coal to diamond, pulp, pulp to yarn. Pulp to yarn. They, they keep these trees. They're not cutting them down. They're just making underwear from the pulp. The tree's happy to help us. The, the trees are happy to help us, and, it, and, it, yes. and it's sustainable, and it's soft, and we've yes. got a good deal here. If you go to MeUndies.com and you put in the offer code STUCK, you'll be stuck in some MeUndies, and it, you get 20% off. It's awesome, and you'll be very, well, very happy. The, they cracked the comfort code, they, so they being stuck pretty. in MeUndies yeah. is a good thing. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm going to do this because we're going to get out of this faster than we normally do. Um, my well, I like talking about me. cousin... <laughs> Was, you know, she's asking for podcast suggestions last night. I was like, I, you know, I have a podcast and I have like 40 on my network. And she goes, yeah, I know. I was listening to it. It's really good. How long can you guys talk about underwear? And I was like, forever, forever. I like, you can look at my Facebook. Like. If you look at my Facebook, my, my cousin's name is Michelle. You can look through the list and it's like, Jason, how long can you talk about it? And then my, and then my wife was sticking up for me. Like, he talks about it all the time. And then she yeah, goes, not just do on they the even show. make girls? And then my wife starts selling her underwear on the, on the feed. Like, no, yes, seriously, they Michelle, girls. they're so good. Like, my wife was telling her, like, they were making fun of me. And it turned into, you got to get some of these. It turned into them buying it and using yeah, the code stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we just got paid again. Exactly. By the way, Stephanie, you're the best. <laughs> yeah, Stephanie knows I love her, but Stephanie is by far the best. She's I mean, best. that being said, I am going to say um, this is like when I wear them and I have a problem. I have very sensitive skin. And we're going to stop talking about this any second. But I like if something rubs any part of my skin the wrong way, like when I'm sleeping on like my cat. leg. Yeah, I can't. Ugh, and I can't do it. I'll end up taking it off and throwing it across the room. Oh, I do that all the time. Yeah, I get that. I, I am so sensitive about this stuff. And this thing is like heaven on my skin. Honestly, I don't even think about them when I sleep. And I'm telling you, as soon as this heat wave's over, the onesie's getting broken out. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I can't wait till you get the onesie out. I got the pants the and they are so nice. It's like, I, I, they're like a purple pajama party. Like, I've been watching... Um, we can get into, I'm going to move this into content this way. We're going to walk out oh, of this through, like content, through a content pass, watching a lot of Cobra Kai, right? And they're, they're in their geese performing their karate. And my family's making fun of me. So I'm running around the house, karate kicking shit in my MeUndies pants because it's my ghee pants, right? I got my sleeveless shirt up, running around. Pain does not exist in this dojo, does it? No sensei. Do they still say that on the show? Oh, yeah. On Cobra Kai? Oh, yeah. I have not watched it. I, I can't, for some reason, Ralph Macchio's in it, right? Yeah, Macchio's in it. Johnny Man, Lawrence, entourage, he was great. Yeah, he's nice. Um, Zabka's in it. Zabka lives in North Hollywood still, I think. Um, and uh, Zabka, he, wait, Zabka is the uh, is, is Johnny Billy? Lawrence, the bad guy that was for, oh the, the bad the, guy. Yeah, the original bad guy, now the good guy in this one, or the protagonist. Oh, is that how they did it? Yeah, that's how they did it. So this is a focus on like it's it's a really interesting, interesting. show. I actually really recommend it. I haven't seen. You said this to me before. I can't. I'm still not sold. I have. I haven't seen something structured like this before. Yeah, you know, yeah. you've seen it from the bad guy point of view, right? Like, mm -hmm. but the, and this is very much stolen from a, um, I think, an episode of How I Met Your Mother because uh, Patrick, uh, uh, what's his name, Neil Patrick Harris's character was always a Zapka fan and said like he was the real hero and uh, Daniel Larusso was the uh, was the villain. And oh, because he stole his girlfriend. He stole his girlfriend. He hit right. him. He, he came the, in. He hit first. Right. You know, he went after him, not the other way around. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, he was pushing him. But, but Ralph reacted. Right, yeah, and he was, he was hooking up with the girl. <laughs> yeah. so, it, so it's a little bit from that perspective. You can't um, and then he kind of has, you know, finds though. the kid kind of the way, Mia, you know, Mr. Miyagi found the kid. And, and Danielson's kind of the douche. And at the same time, Daniel's really, <laughs> you know, it's basically showing both the perspectives of them. So neither of them are doing it intentionally mean. You can kind of understand where they're both coming from. And the kids, it's, it's definitely a little more soap opera. But, like, sometimes you really like the good guy and sometimes you're really rooting for uh, the, the protagonist and sometimes you're rooting for Danielson and sometimes you're like, fuck you, both of you. It's really good. Like, they, they do a good job of keeping it kind of balanced where you're like, kind of rooting for everybody, kind of mad at everybody. Um, really? And it's, it's really fun. And one of the other things I'll say for it, it's short. The episodes are 25 minutes, 30 minutes. So you, you boom, 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 oh. you get through it quick and it tells a really easy story. It's fun. It's really fun. Well, I've watched it twice. I'm watching through my second time right now. Really? You've yeah. seen both seasons now? Both seasons. I watched them on YouTube Red. 
And because we did a big, uh, uh, we taped a bunch of, filmed a bunch of uh, podcasts that actually haven't come out. We'll see if we can get these out here pretty soon for uh, YouTube Red before they kind of went under. So we had hmm. this whole series with uh, the whole team, the whole cast from, uh, from Karate Kid, yeah. For, what, Sholo and everybody? Including, oh, uh, we even went out. to New York and recorded uh, uh, Macho. Buddy, buddy, you went to Long Island? Yeah. I love it. The guy still lives in Long Island. He's, he's my hero. I love the guy. Um, whoa. So the Sholo kid, he is, I had the uh, pleasure of having a, you know, like a work call with him. And we stayed on the phone about 45 minutes. One of the nicest people I've ever spoken Such to. He's so kid, dedicated man. to the craft. He was telling me about all the work they do on the, um, the stunts and everything. And their, their, oh, their trainer is like famous. The guy, um, and I can't think of his name now. This is Scott. Don't hate me. Uh, I wasn't planning on talking about this. But that is, I'll tell you this, Sholo and Ralph Macchio are the two big draws for me that would really pull me in. And now the way you're talking about it, so is the villain. Yeah. I love Zapka that Zapka does a great job. Is that his There's name, Zapka? Yeah, Zapka. Willie, Billy, Billy, you know, Billy Zapka is, plays Johnny Lawrence. He's great. Um, you he really got, is. All the rest of the cast from the old shows, uh, they haven't brought back uh, Elizabeth Shue yet, but I have a feeling uh, season three is going to bring her back. Well, um, she's off the boys. Yeah, I mean, and I, they, they teased it. I'm not going to give away spoilers about anything else, but they, they've been, they, they were teasing it a little bit for the last two seasons, so that's going to happen. Elizabeth? The kids in the show overall are really good. You know, it's a little bit weird watching um, taking Ralph too seriously being the karate kid because his moves have not improved. It's not like he practiced karate every day since he got off that show. It's like he had to re-get re him back in. So he's about as good as he was when he was a teenager. Um, but it's still really fun, and he's really Ralph? funny. Yeah, Ralph. Yeah. Um, and it's... The He's kids, great. the kids are great, and Zapka's funny because he plays a real Arrested Developed kind of guy. Like he's still driving around in his Pontiac Firebird from the eighties. Does 80s. he have a motorcycle? Um, uh, not in this one, but he, he doesn't but have he's, a dirt bike. But he's always, yeah, he's always cracking the Ario Speedwagon. You know, Ooh, like he only you're listens making me to, like this, Jason. He only listens to the eighties music. He doesn't understand the internet. It's pretty fucking funny. Mm. He's really good. He does a good job. All right, you know what? You know what? This might happen. I have to write crazy so this weekend, far, but this so might far, happen. I, 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 you know, you, you fought me on what we do in shadows. I did. I you did. Fought and me Patrol. on. You fought me on Doom Patrol. You've been right. Uh, you're a hundred percent. You're 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 batting a thousand so, <laughs> so far, which is also now the reason I'm thinking like, all right, you know what? Maybe this is going to happen because I mean, we don't have another. How good was Ted Lasso last night, dude? Dude. Danny Rojas. Danny Rojas. Danny oh, Rojas. So okay, so football is life. So I don't know if you've ever. <laughs> don't make me start liking soccer. Go. <laughs> Go. Uh, oh, uh, what? What do you got? Did Scott um, text us? Oh, sorry. Just had a text. Um, good text. I'll tell you about it later. Um, okay. So, so the picture of the Ted Rojas logo, right? If you look up, uh, if you look up Danny Ted Lasso, yeah, Ted Lasso. The the oh. the preview image on the um, on the actual show has mm -hmm. three people on it, right? And there's. I'm going to, I'm going to bring it up for you because it, it, it are we able we to can, play it? Are we going to get in uh, trouble? No, we can't play it, but I can at least put the image up. Okay. Okay. I just sure. want to share it because of this. All right. Oops. That's the bat. No. I didn't want that to show up yet. Um, hold on. Wait, don't look. This. Okay. You <laughs> yes. see the guy on the right or on the, on the, to, on, on the his left, left shoulder. Your that's left. Danny Rojas, right? Yes. That's okay. Danny Rojas. So I, for, for all this time, I'm wondering yeah. who that character is. Cause I'm like, because in a weird sort of way, if you look at it and squint a little bit, it's kind of like the only person that I thought it might be is John Cho. Mm -hmm. um, but I was like, who is but this no. character? I have not seen this person. Is this person even in the goddamn show? Or is it somebody <laughs> I didn't know? So I keep looking through all the all the uh, the players to see who this is. And finally now, this picture of this person who's been so important that they put him on the fucking front page um, of the key art finally yeah. fucking shows up. And it's worth the goddamn wait. It was worth the wait. That guy is amazing. Who is that? He's a real soccer player? I don't know. No, He's Scott, we're best. doing it again. Look him up, Jason. We're doing it again, Scott. <laughs> Who is that guy? I don't know. Who is he? I don't know. Let's spend time, break momentum, and look him up. But this is, I know, Scott, you, you hate this. It's, unfortunately, it's what we do. We're trying, buddy. We're, we're, we're trying, better. but... We're getting better. We're getting better. But the point being, he came out of nowhere. He can play soccer. And, oh my God, the Jamie Tart stuff? I mean, how did they do that? And also just amazing. It's just a great... How did they do that to us? You know, so Jamie I, finally comes around. I mean, we don't we, we don't care about spoilers. I, but this is so so good. I don't want to ruin it for people. You know, like. But that being said, what I will say is he finally gets to come around in in this way that kind of we've been waiting for, right? Mm -hmm. And then they do this thing. Yeah, 
His name, by the way, his name's Cristo Fernandez. He's been in a couple um, films, mostly um, Spanish mm -hmm. uh, language stuff. But he's, yeah, Mexican-born actor and filmmaker. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's amazing. Well, maybe he plays soccer, too. I mean, this guy looked like he had some moves, I have to say. I mean, football is life, right? And he just football is life. But I, I like this one on a lot of levels. One, you you mm -hmm. you you've seen the closest to a breakdown in Ted Lasso, who's really kind of struggling with his his separate well, the separation. Now. But he's also trying to stay strong. So you see, kind of cracks in that optimism facade, which is not a facade. It's just a real thing. But it's just it's 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 hard to watch in a weird sort of way because he's still trying to be so optimistic. But he need, you know you can tell he needs this. And, you know, it's nice to see, you know, instead of something where he needs this and everybody's like standoffish, you know, Coach Beard and everybody are connected with him and really trying. So that's fucking heartbreaking well, that and beautiful. line where Nathan says, is he okay? And he's like, no. Oh, no, not <laughs> Yeah, he's not okay. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but that's, that's the beauty of it. It's like, but it's okay because they're going to figure it out. You know, and, and, and it's not that they solve it. Go on. Yeah. No, and it's not that they solve it, but they, you know, it's giving him a place and a family because, you know, he is still an outsider and all mm -hmm. this stuff and he doesn't have anybody but this team and these people, you know, and you can, you know, the other things that are real great about this are, you know, the team is really getting behind him and, you know, th th this is the first time he actually yells. He's like, no, I'm, I'm mad. You know, that optimism and being nice doesn't mean not being honest and clear. Like he really told him how he felt and was, yes. you know, genuine to him and probably the only person in his life since his mom you know, not to get too much into the background that's ever given it to him real. I mean, I have to say the writing is so well, so eloquent that I can't believe they got me to feel for Jamie in oh, just yeah. like one like episode. That, just like, on a dime. Like yeah. one minute you hate him and he's a douche. The next minute you're like, oh, I get yeah. Well, that's, this is again, this is the story of life right now. And this is the story of the world, right? Everybody's got a story. Nobody's the villain in their story. And they might have mm -hmm. some reasons. I'm not saying everybody's doing the right thing and not, there's not bad people, but I'm saying like, you know, some of these people you think are douches are hard-headed. Sometimes they just have a different story than you and you got to listen to it to understand why they're being that way. Yeah, and I think the, the you know, in this case, they're stuck with the circumstance of having to find out what it is because none of them are going anywhere, allegedly. Right. Right, so they have to learn no matter what. Um, listen, there's something, and again, you watch it in Ted's breakdown, the first time he yells it, uh, Jamie, you know, and then and he's got really good points and he's still trying to be nice. And then he goes into the boss's office and he yells at her and he immediately catches himself. He's like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be raising my voice. And, you know, he's like, but I'm mad at you and I hope you don't like those biscuits. And right. by the way, this is not really a spoiler because I thought it was something so well done in the acting. You know, it's the first time he admitted to her that, that, that those biscuits are in store bought. Right. And she, he's been cooking them this whole time. And so that's it's just so I don't forget, because I brought her up. Rebecca uh, yes. is the character name. Hannah Waddingham is the actress. <sighs> Love her. Who also went through an interesting thing this week, because she is connected. You, you know, that conversation where um, uh, the, the player came in to talk to her and, like, really brought, got her to come down and make her feel, like, a little bit like she was part of the team and special. And, like, the, the, her then reaction. what happened after? Yeah, thank well, you. I, you know what? I, honestly, I think that, you know, it's, at the end of the day, this is still a team that she's she has a purpose for this and her hatred and her frustration with her ex is so strong. And I think it's because I honestly think it's because the, the, the closeness scared her off. Right. She got freaked Smart. out because she was actually feeling for these people and she knows she's feeling for these people. And if she wants to complete, you know, like, like, a, like any spy, like I look at it as like a spy or a, you know, an undercover right, officer. Have to disconnect. You have to disconnect. And the only way to do that was to make this move. And it was the right move for her need but it was definitely at the wrong time. And then I think that that, that last line about the biscuits was the thing that like really, really hit her. Really saw course corrected her. Cause she realized, yes. Yeah. Like the, yeah. she did. Cause I think she's had this husband. that's not loved her in a long time or maybe never did. Right. Old, you know, and it's like, you know, it's she loved, when, you can tell she loved him. She absolutely did. And so it's kind of like when the way she treat, you know, she gets treated by him. It's just so bad. And so it's like, you know, old, you know, she's not new Rebecca and, and she's, she's not Rebecca, Rebecca, not new. She's old Rebecca. So she's got yeah. this thing. And so, you know, she doesn't, I don't think she thinks she's either. She doesn't think she's worthy or she doesn't trust anybody to really love her and care about her and, and embrace her as family. So she's not going to let them fuck with her and break her off her mission because she, she doesn't, nobody loves her. Well, she was letting them, I mean, including yeah. her closeness with Keely. Yep. Absolutely. You know, and Keely, oh my Lord, Killing is she it. good. Killing it. I mean, 
killing it. And like her just going to Jamie and saying, no, you can't come inside. We're not having sex. The only thing we had that was good in our relationship was sex. It's Pavlovian. If you yeah, come, I already had a half a bottle of wine. Yeah. Pavlovian, is that wine? Is that the wine you're drinking? Is that the wine? <laughs> but that's again. And then he gets it at the end. And then you wonder, because he's such a good actor, you wonder, like, did he get it the first time? And that's just the game he's playing? Oh, no, he, he didn't get it. He's, that's, that was. No, I wonder if he did. I wonder if he's a little more clever. You know, in the actor, I'm saying, like, the actor's choice, whoever's oh, the, yeah. the guy playing Jamie, if he's a little more clever, you know, he's making Jamie a little more clever than we might give credit oh, that's to. that's interesting. That, I'll, I'll have to look, I wasn't watching it that way, but that's a, good, that's a good point of view. You know what I mean? Like, that's his way of always, you know, not connecting with people. He's either dumb or mean. I, but he's really not either. <laughs> no, he's really not in his heart either. He's just, he's just standoffish, and he, he doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't want to upset his, his dad. But you know, this is the mark of a great show that we can sit here and talk about this in each episode. And it keeps getting, you said it, 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 how does it keep getting better? It's like The Wire and yeah, the comedy. You know, and it's, I, I think that, you know, they're earning it too. Like, it's not like mm -hmm. you can't have today's episode without last week's and you couldn't have last week's without the week before's and it has to build. So you're, you're building trust with your audience also and, and mm. you're building respect with your audience. You're, you're not. You're not pulling the wool out. You're not treating them stupid. You're, you're, you're moving things forward in a, in a smart way without like, you know, just creating something random that comes out of nowhere. Nothing's nothing or making presumptions like, that your yeah. audience not smart. That yeah, your audience exactly. is not smart, which which obviously your audience is, is very smart. And they're playing to it again. That moment where she you saw it in Rebecca's eyes where he tells her, you know, about the biscuits and you just yeah, see it. She's like, oh, oh, like, oh, no, what did I do? Yeah, take these. This is the best batch I ever made. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to tell you that I hate those biscuits, but damn, it's the best batch I ever made. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, and you're just like, oh, man. Like, and why did you do that? And you see it in her face. You see it in her face where she goes like, oh, I really did make a big mistake here. Yeah. There's no right. way that what she did is permanent, right? No, there's no way. He's going to be. No way. No. Oh, well, now you ruined it. <laughs> there's no way. But... But, I mean, I think there's some honesty played to it. I think she has to, you know, again, mm -hmm. this is a show about redemption for a lot of different people, right? It's not just about Ted Lasso kind of finding himself and, and building this people up. He's not the, you know, the magic person. He's got his own flaws. It's not about Rebecca or Roy or Jamie. It's not about any one person redeeming themselves or coming back from bad stuff. It's about everybody growing together and finding the best in each mm -hmm. other. And so in order for that to happen again, you have to have Rebecca make a decision like this and you have to have her resolve a situation like this. And you have to have Jamie get the option to go back to being the star, right? It's easy to make Jamie the good like, way. A, the, you know, the, in this way where he's stuck somewhere that he has no choice but to play. But if he could go back to his team where he's an all-star and be a dick again, he has to make a choice to want to be back. You know, for him I think he's going to actually be a dick, so he has to get back. They're going to give him back. Maybe. Hey, that would be a great way to go. Like, he wants to be back on the team because that's an actual proactive move from a character, you know, where he's going to actually state to his team, okay, I'm here because I want to be here. Yep. Not because I was on loan. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's probably very, very insightful to it. Um, you know, wonder, another I person hope. in here that's... Uh, Great is Jonathan Swift, who plays Higgins, who's just killing it every goddamn scene. Every episode. What Crushing is it with this know? cat, man. This cat he's story. So God <laughs> what damn, he if it about didn't put a little tear Oh, in my with eye. the collar. Yeah, I yeah, know. because he's been bringing it up for a couple episodes how he's going to be crushed when this cat passes. And he, you know, oh, man. Yeah, he's I know. Killing it. Me too. And then, you know what they do? It's like they keep avoiding in such a uh, seemingly what could be such a cheesy show and isn't on any level. They keep avoiding the cheesiest things like, you know, it's that moment where she gets in too deep and she has to disconnect and go back to her mission. You know, the cheesy version, like someone would be meeting with their handler, like you're in too deep. I'm right. pulling you out. And, yeah. you know, these guys do it from an emotional cue that's that's subtle as dropping a jacket and walking away during a group thing you know and and they they help you find that in a way that becomes textured and layered you know and not cheesy and again same thing with the ritual where everybody's putting stuff in and you're, you're hearing these little tidbits where you haven't learned it and they're smartly paralleling it with keely learning everything about the players for her new job mm -hmm. right so we're, we're paralleling these two things where we're the audience learning it keely's learning it and then it could be cheesy and I have to tell you, they did it in a way where I forgot Jamie was even supposed to show up or not show up because right. I started caring so much about the team. So when he did do that, what could have been the cheesiest moment? Like, oh, I'm here now with yep. my, you know, they don't. And you're like, oh, man, he is here. That's yep. dope. 
And they don't, and they don't, they just let it be and they let it last. Yeah. And, you know, that scene when she walks away is also a really good one. Cause you could tell right there, she's trying, you know, she wants to get away from this. Like it's hitting her too deep. You can yes. see it in her eyes. You know, something's coming the minute it happens. Hell fucking Jason Sudeikis in his eyes. You could tell he knows that there's something. He looked wrong. back and he saw it. Yeah. He knew that there was something, but also knows that he's got this thing that he did this mission and you know, everybody's got their jobs and their roles and he understands in a weird sort of way, like there's something she's not well, ready. And, and how mad does it make you when it's over? Oh, it makes me so mad. Like it needs to be, what episode <laughs> yeah. are we on? Five, four, 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 it's only four. I know how many it's gotta we have? Be five. eight or 10. There's like 10, maybe eight, 10, somewhere in there. Well, not enough, <laughs> not a goddamn enough. I don't even want to know. Yeah, because it's gonna be by the time it's over, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be mad about that. What too, am I gonna so, do? I don't know. What am I gonna do? Keep finding stuff. Hey, you know, yeah. I do want to say this. What? Um, I'm gonna give you my uh, my peacock, my login? peacock login if you don't have it already. Because this AP bio season, dude. How good? Ridiculous. I've laughed out loud in my room, like because I'm not allowed to watch. They're watching Survivor out front, so I'm watching this by ah. myself in the room. Okay. But there's been times like, like the the laugh that's like a gasp. Like shout, like like you're punched in the stomach and all the air comes out of you because you're laughing so hard. <laughs> there's a there's a scene in one scene where this one of the and it's the kids. One of the kids says something. Um, he get he wins like a a day a lunch with the principal and he just goes off on it mm -hmm. and he just tries trying to smoke in the back of the room and it's just like this nerdy kid and just the way it's played and the way that the kid actor does it and the way that everybody else reacts to it killed me. Like I dying. It is such a funny season. And they take a lot of real big risks. They jump off and go a little bit into the crate, not crazy oh. zone, but they do definitely heighten it good. from last season. And it is so good. It is so good. Yeah. Paul I'm going to just, it. yeah, I'm just going to, um, buy the pizza so this weekend then because you, you, there's probably a seven day free. You'll get done with this thing in like two to two hours. Oh, it's I'll be done so with it in a week. Yeah. One. Yeah. A couple hours. I'm, you know, I'm through the thing. Uh, yeah. I'm going to have to watch it. I mean, it's one of my favorite shows as far as uh, half hours go, especially. Uh, so I, I finished by the way, uh, the R raised by wolves, the yeah, third episode, man, this thing's good. Yeah. I don't it's know what the ratings. I don't know where it came from, but I've been reading reviews and everybody's loving it. I'm really excited to get this thing going. There's something special about it where it, it's so stark, but yet, and no pun intended, it's so stark, but yet it almost could turn into a Game of Thrones. Interesting. It's got the big worldliness, and it's got the other people coming from other worlds to kill you, and who's going to make allegiances, and who's going to come together, you know, atheists or believers. It's got, you know, it's dealing, again, as we say, art is a jumping off point, it's dealing with so many of the things we're dealing with now. You know, it's dealing with systematic racism, it's dealing with, uh, you know, religion and beliefs and right wing and left wing, but they're doing it in the form of the story, and uh, it's very satisfying. Good return to form. Ridley Scott, because I haven't had a thing that I yes. really was impressed by in a while. So this was great. Yeah, listen, again, I agree with you. Look, let's say that with a grain of salt. He's Ridley Scott. Right. So we're holding him to a Scorsese-esque level of why is it your movie as good as all your rest? Yeah. Well, and I think he just fell into this world where he tried to overexplain this one thing. But, you know, you get back into what he's good at and really telling an original story like this, and it's really impressive. Well, let me say this, too, that his son, and I'm... Listen, nepotism's nepotism. I would be guilt. I'm going to be just as guilty of it if Dylan wants to be in this business. There's no, you know. But you also have to say for a moment, like, is this guy good? Is he someone who is, you know, uh, the apple doesn't far fall for uh, fall far from the tree guy? And his first movie, did you see it? What was it about the uh, android? About the female android, Luke Scott. You could look it up. Yeah, we're doing it again, Scott. But you see, we don't break momentum because I'm not going to stop talking about it. Yeah, keep this. talking. So, so, right, of course, that's what I do. So, I don't know how to stop talking is the problem. Morgan, Nikki, is that one? Is, is it? Shot. Yes, yes. I haven't seen Morgan. Okay, so I saw it. And it's, it's okay. Again, I say that with respect for making a movie of that level. Right. Okay? It's okay. It's, it's certainly not. I think it came on the heels of uh, the uh, Oscar, um, you know... Oh, AI, not AI. Um, yeah, you know, the one that A24 Deus Machina. Yeah, exactly. Came on the heels of that. So I think I also was judging it a little more harshly. But I also didn't know for sure. I'm like, he's doing a movie that's basically like a movie his dad would do. Mm -hmm. You know, you can kind of feel his dad over his shoulder. You know, or at least that's what I felt. Then I watched, so Ridley directed, Mr. Scott directed the first two episodes. And Luke Scott directed the third. And let me tell you something, man. It is a huge departure 
from really? Morgan. Yes, he is doing stuff where, you know, he's deciding that we're going to see the shot instead of from in front, you're going to get it from behind and you're looking at the depth of this whole, just the things that he is doing narratively. And the way he ends this episode, um, I think we're looking at the real, uh, a real burgeoning uh, uh, filmmaker here. Yeah, this guy, no, that's you know, awesome. And he's doing, yeah. so just so you know, he's directing the next episode, the fourth, and then the, what I'm guessing is the finale, the tenth. Ridley is. No, Luke is. Luke is directing five and ten. Three, no, he did three, four, so he's going to do the next one, four. Oh, got you. And ten. That's already, so Ridley's not doing ten, Luke is. Luke's doing ten. Because, you know, usually it's, you know, you'll see the big guy do the, or person do the first two, and then the last two. No. Not the case here. Nope, Luke is doing it. Maybe this is a handoff. Maybe this is the torch pass. I, I absolutely love this. And and if if uh, two of three is any indication of what we have to look forward to with uh, Luke's interpretation of this story and these characters, I'm absolutely in. This thing is, is compelling, man. You're going to like it, Jace. I'm excited. You're going to like it a lot. I well, have I'm to gonna, say. You know, I'm going to watch it what? this weekend. You know? Oh, we're done, aren't we? We're done. Okay, so have a great Labor Day. We can say that. Yeah, have a great Labor Day. We will we'll be back. Tuesday. We'll be back next week. We're um, no no live show on Monday, but uh, we're really excited to talk to everybody. We got a we got a killer week next week, and we have a killer killer week the week after, and we'll do some announcements next week. Even though we said today, stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith, Cliff Dorfman, I love you, everybody. A podcast network.